Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I'm your host. I'm a transformation specialist working with omni-channel retailers to help them define and identify their ideal operating models and then lay out and deliver the change roadmap that brings that into reality. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 199, number 199. Store colleagues are a critical part of your store operations and your entire business as well, let's face it. You know this already. But over the last few years, the role of the store colleague has undergone many different changes and continues to be subject to many changes as well. So to help us understand more, I'm delighted to welcome Nikki Baird onto the show. If you're not familiar with Nikki, she is the VP of Strategy at Aptos, a retail technology company working with over a thousand brands and retailers, companies like Mulberry, WH Smith and Pets at Home and many more to provide in-store tech solutions for point of sale, omni-channel functionality, planning, order management, pricing, promotions and a whole lot more. And in her particular role, Nikki is really focused on helping retailers to accelerate their ability to innovate. She is a former retail analyst with companies like Forrester, PwC, RSR, that's Retail Systems Research. She is a global retail influencer, recognised alongside yours truly with companies like Rethink Retail and the Retail Technology Innovation Hub. Plus, she contributes to Forbes as well. So Nikki has a great awareness of the retail market and the challenges that different retailers are facing. And of course, store colleagues often comes quite high up those conversation lists. So I'm really excited to dive into this with Nikki. You can find out much more about her over on the show notes today, which you can find over at obandco.uk slash 199. Plus, sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing to keep your finger firmly on the pulse of the ever-evolving world of retail. The Retail Transformation Briefing is my email newsletter that comes out every single week. So stay in touch and gather the intel that helps you to understand retail trends as they happen. Sign up for free at obandco.uk slash 199. And of course... Colleagues is a huge topic in retail and I'm very excited that it is one of the pillars for my upcoming productivity and transformation event. I'm partnering up with the team at Rethink Productivity to bring you a live event, a full day of content, ideas and discussion to help shape your business and your operating model to be able to navigate both the short-term challenges and be ready for longer-term growth and opportunities as well. 
You can find out a whole load more over at obandco.uk slash pt22. Unfortunately, we are at capacity, but you can join the waitlist just in case someone can't make it. Right, without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Nikki Baird. Here we go. Well, a very warm welcome to you, Nikki Baird, onto the Retail Transformation Show. How are things today? They're good. They are hot, but good. <laughs> Seems to be flavour of the month, so to speak, right at the moment, and quite reflective of the retail industry as well, I might add, because it's just a super interesting industry in my mind. And I think, of course, maybe a little biased. It's just so exciting. Totally hot. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I, I. It's part of what I love about the retail industry is that, you know, you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> Keeps us on our toes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nikki, we're going to be diving into the role of store colleagues and never knowing what happens next is absolutely a key consideration when it comes to store colleagues. But just before we do get into some of those future considerations... Let's just get on the same page here. What what do you think the role of the store colleague is? I mean, I think that's actually a really hard question to answer and one that is changing almost daily. You know, we spent a lot of time over the last two decades, even really um, cutting the store hours that are available for store colleagues and asking less and less of them, kind of scoping down their role uh, in order to fit into kind of that low wage, kind of low low expectation kind of job. And, yep. and I think it was driven as well, like it was accelerated by the rise of online because a lot of the activities that retailers expected to only happen in stores now were things that consumers could do online, like researching mm. product information, right? Like coming in and trying to figure out which product is right for me a lot of the expertise that you would have looked to a store associate to deliver, you didn't need to have because the consumer was doing that for themselves online before they ever came to the store. And so the response that we saw from retailers was to really pare that down. We're Mm. at an inflection point for sure where that's changing. And some of it's driven by the labor market. If you have to pay a higher wage in order to have people work in the store, then you kind of have a mandate to drive more productivity out of those store associates than maybe we expected in the past when Mm. we had pared down that role. But I also think we're coming back around to looking to the store associate to really support a lot more of that shopping journey and the consumer journey than they they have over even the last 10 years because Omnichannel has really kind of changed that expectation for what a store associate can or should be able to do. They've got to do customer service functions that normally happen in your call center. They've got to, you know, find inventory wherever it may be in the estate. They, you know, they have to know everything about the products and and help customers make decisions. And they have to be social media influencers and, and put out, you know, videos, short form videos on TikTok or Snap to try to get <laughs> customers to come in. So it has definitely completely changed in a very short period of time, actually. Yeah. And it's interesting, it's coupled with, at the same time, and, and sort of linked to some of the items you said there, consumers having more knowledge about the product than ever before. And actually, you know, whether it's stock levels or whether it's 
you know, descriptions or reviews or whatever, they've got more knowledge. So the questions they're asking of store colleagues suddenly come in at a much more detailed level, which, you know, out of a range of thousands of SKUs, you know, what's what's the next question going to be? <laughs> yes, yes. And the more, and it's interesting, I've heard retailers say that the more information that they provide online, then the more challenging the questions are that come into the store associate. Uh, and some of them, particularly in the consumer electronics industry, they've actually become more strategic and curated about the information that they put online to make sure that the mm. details that they share are things that actually should drive consumer decisions. So, you know, the now now I'm going to get into territory where I'm, I'm not very good, but the refresh rate <laughs> on your screen or whatever it is, you know, there were some things that they were sharing about, well, it's this graphics computer chip that's in this big screen TV. And, you know, consumers would come in and ask like, well, is this computer chip better than that chip? And, you know, and retail sales associates are like, I have no idea. So, you know, and and it does that, is that really something that matters in the overall decision process of the consumer? Unless you are like a total geek about that kind of stuff. No, it doesn't matter. So Mm. why do we share that information in the first place? So it is interesting to see the dynamic between online and in-store and the expectations of store associates. But I would say as well, you know, that's sort of a, an unwinnable war, right? The consumer, because they only care about a smaller subset of products, is always going to know more than the store associate. So you really have to find a different role for store associates to engage on products, more of a curation kind of role, mm. like what other products go with the products that the customers are interested in or more advice on how to make the most use of those products. So less of an expert on the details of the product and more an expert on how that product fits into a customer's life is a, is a yes. very different shift, but I think it's an important one. I think it's a, a really critically important shift. Have you got any good examples, Nikki, of retailers that are doing that? I, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of the brand retailers, so they're manufacturers first, they make products, and then they happen to also have retail stores where they yep. go to market. I think those are the ones that have really been at the forefront of trying to really develop that curation and go with and how to use kind of experience. I mean, as far as how to incorporate product knowledge into the store, I have to give credit to Lush. I think they do a, a really good job and, and really invest in store associates. And, Definitely. you know, luxury retailers in general tend to do a much better job. It's a, it's a kind of an easier investment for them to make. But increasingly see it not just in brands that are kind of the lower consideration products, but also retailers who sell everybody else's brands, you know, they are, they are trying to get better at having a lifestyle value proposition and having store associates that support that value proposition. Yep, definitely. Now, Nikki, I'd like to pick up on something you mentioned a few minutes ago, which was one of the, one of the jobs of a store associate is creating, you know, videos and TikTok videos and so on and social media more broadly, you know, what, what are the sort of key changes that we've seen both in terms of the role of the store associate and therefore who that store associate is when it comes to social media and content creation. Yeah, I think that, you know, some of the changes have come from the opportunities that store associates have. So 
lots of retailers have set up affiliate kind of selling opportunities for online. So, you know, if you drive people to my website and they buy something, then I'm going to give you some credit for that sale. And some very enterprising sales associates kind of figured that out for themselves and almost had it as a (laughs) night job, right, of running affiliate sales. And so, you know, some companies like Macy's, for example, here in the US, they decided that they were just going to straight up kind of capitalize on that. So for store associates who, I mean, you know, you want that enthusiast, right? If, if you're selling fashion, yeah. you want a fashion enthusiast. And the easiest way to find those people is to look at who's posting stuff in social media and what they're saying. And, you know, a lot of times you have an opportunity to leverage that into a bit of a celebrity status that kind of creates its own virtuous cycle for both the retailer and the store associate. So I think Mm. it's a win-win for everybody to enable that kind of relationship where you're not just selling when you're on the floor in the store, but you have a presence that builds relationships with customers that then turn into those sales, whether they happen online or in the store, who cares? It's a relationship with both the brand and the store associate that drives success for everybody. I think retailers are wary of that kind of relationship because they are always afraid of that blowing up if a store associate does something inappropriate. My challenge to that has always been, if you're really worried that this person is going to, you know, go off the rails and, and do something that's going to blow back on your brand, why are you hiring (laughs) them? (laughs) Why would you hire that person? I don't understand. But I do still very much find that I think the biggest impediment to leveraging store associates in that way is that mentality of, but I can't control everything that they say. And so I don't trust them enough to to not say something that would harm my brand. Yeah, I think that whole trust element is a really big blocker. And it's almost the fear of fear of the unknown. What could happen if they posted something offensive. And in this polarized day and age, what could be totally appropriate for one audience, somebody else might completely take offense to. And yeah. so like the risk factor, it's it's like, I mean, I'm really surprised that retailers still hold these reservations because one of the things that happened with social is, is that you don't own your brand anymore. Like consumers own your brand. They, they are the ones who have the most influence over how your brand is perceived. So you know, to think that you should be controlling everything that a store associate says or does, whether that's in the store or outside of the store, is is silly. <laughs> like, uh, the whole point is authenticity and their own interpretation of the brand. And you have to be comfortable with that. But we're not quite there yet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you think it's a must have for store associates as, as we continue down the uh, journey? A must have skill? Uh, I mean, I think that there's a role that can exist in any company in that way. I don't think every store associate is going to be cut out for that role. Like, I don't think it should be a requirement. It should be a, hey, mm. here's another opportunity for you to make some good money and, you know, and be deeper with my brand. And some people will take advantage of that and, and some people won't. But you want yeah. you want the people who are comfortable and enthusiastic about that. You You don't want the people who are doing it because they're required to. (laughs) I've been told to. (laughs) Yeah.
One of the other aspects you, you touched on was the real shift to omnichannel as well and how that has changed the role of store associates in terms of, you know, being able to handle returns and maybe pick orders, etc. What do you think the key omnichannel changes are that are impacting store colleagues and how do you think that might change in the future? Yeah, the ship from store and and the pickup in store are definitely mainstays. Like they're going nowhere. In fact, there was some thought that as we sort of re-emerged from pandemic life, that those activities would fall off in line with kind of that shift from all online to some activity back in stores. But I have to say, like for our customers at Aptos, we have not seen it fall off at all. E-commerce sales have kind of come back down a bit or certainly are not growing at the same pace that they were during the pandemic, the heart of the pandemic. But the omni-channel, the I want to know if it's in the store before I go. And if I look up to see if it's in the store before I go, I might as well buy it and then just have it behind the counter for me to pick up. I think, you know, that activity has actually increased even beyond what we saw during the pandemic height. So Mm. that's not going away. And there's definitely lots of operational procedures. You know, the, the smaller specialty stores that have just two people on staff during a day, I think they're, they're the ones that are the most challenged into how to work that into the workload that a, a store has to bear in general. Mm. And it's also driving a lot of store reinvestment in terms of I need to have a bigger set of racks somewhere to store all these orders that customers are going to come and pick up. And I, yeah. I don't want to have to make it so that a store associate has to go to the back every time, like it should be right there when the customer comes in. I think where it can go in the future, and I definitely see lots of interest from retailers in this, is how do you turn that trip? That trip typically is incremental. It's, it's you know not your standard expected store traffic. So when they come into the store to pick up an order, how do you turn that into you know customer engagement that leads to add-on sales, for example? So there's a balance between almost making it too easy for the customer to come into the store to just pick up their item and leave, and also not putting so many impediments that that becomes a pain, but also making that an opportunity to engage with that customer and and drive additional benefits, either Mm. brand benefits from having a great experience or those add-on sales from that incremental trip. And that's one where I think the store associate is primed to deliver that, but the systems don't necessarily, the technology doesn't necessarily make that easy because those online orders that are pickup in store tend to be divorced from, you know, cash and carry kinds of transactions that happen in stores. So that's on that's on vendors like us to to help make those things work much more smoothly. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And it's interesting when you start to think about these changing roles, it almost you know, the the broad role of a store associate becomes more and more varied. There are more, should we say, specialist skills needed for any given store associate, which throws up a couple of different challenges for retailers, I guess. One, how do you onboard new colleagues? And two, what on earth do you do when a great colleague that has a really broad skill set and can do TikToks and blah, 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 (laughs) suddenly they hand their notice in and disappear off. It's like, oh, no, (laughs) now I've got almost a a strategic hole in my my team, right? That's a a big challenge. Have Have you seen... Any 
interesting ways as to how retailers are approaching that? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, especially larger retailers, there's this pressure to specialize, right? Like I'm hiring you to stock shelves. I'm hiring you to pick omni-channel orders. I'm hiring you to be a cashier. And what I've seen, and this definitely is very much in response to Gen Z and, and I think as well, you know, retail was becoming not a teenager job. It was becoming an, a, a job and the part-time and transitory aspects of teenagers was increasingly difficult for teenagers to get those kinds of retail jobs. And with the labor market being what it is, lots of retailers are reaching back into that teenager pool and adding them to their labor force. And what's interesting to see from that sort of Gen Z perspective is that they want that variation, like they do not want a monotonous job. And what I've seen is that they really do embrace the variation and the variability and the many hats that you could potentially wear in a store. As a retailer, if you keep that open to them, that they could be doing any and all of these things, then I think, I think they can be successful in sustaining their interest in that kind of job. Whether you can turn that into a career, I, that's something retailers have never been good at. <laughs> when you think about the proportion of people who started out in a part-time retail job, but didn't end up in yeah. the retail industry, <laughs> yeah, you absolutely. know retailers had first crack at almost the entire labor pool and they don't manage to convert hardly any of that labor. No, it's it's a really interesting point because you're right. I had heard a stat about it. It's something like 75%, 80% of the workforce starts their first role in a uh, in a retail retail role. Obviously, traditionally that would have been in store, but increasingly that could be warehouse picking, yep. driving, etc. And uh, you know, firstly, that's a huge opportunity. I think we do do quite a good job as an industry at finding those future CEOs. Certainly the CEOs of perhaps the current moment and perhaps a little bit of yesteryear where people have grown up in a company for their entire life, yes. <laughs> <laughs> gone from sort of shop floor to, to, to boardroom. Whether that will happen quite so much as people move around a bit more, I, th- I suspect we may, may start to see a little bit more people falling out of the, shall we say, the hierarchy funnel yes yes i i totally agree <laughs> it's interesting as i i think i think we have a duty as an industry though to still look after those those people because yeah absolutely like you say that that there's such an important talent pool going forward you know gen z as well is is changing things their sort of perspectives on work is is, is a very different shift but there's perspectives on shopping and buying as a customer is different as well. Any thoughts on how that changes the role of, of a store colleague? Yeah, I mean, I think it puts it puts more emphasis on the role of the store colleague because Gen Z favors in-store experiences. You know, when you looked at when all the surveys of millennials were like, look, if I could buy everything online, I would. And I think the <laughs> pandemic has uh, put that to the test <laughs> to say, Well, you know, Gen Z tends to place more value on in-person experiences. And when you combine it with this sort of rise in this echo nostalgia, I don't know what else to call it, right? It's like nostalgia for a time that you never experienced, the 80s, you know, which was the height of the mall rat. It's like it's the return of the mall rat is Gen Z. Like they're coming there for entertainment. They're coming there to hang out with their friends. They're coming there to shop. 
it, it should be a group activity. Like they, they want that social connection and that in-person experience, but they're also still very, you know, adept and facile and oriented towards, well, if I don't find something that I want and that I'm looking for, I'm definitely going to go online. And if I don't think that you have it, I might just start online and not even put you in the consideration pool to begin with. So all of Mm. the challenges of the pressure that online puts on on stores and store-based retailers is still there with Gen Z, but there's a real opportunity to connect with them if you have a good store experience because they're searching for that experience. They want that to be a social, entertaining, fun experience when they go to stores. Yeah, it's something I think we all know. Increasingly, the customer journey is omnichannel, right? You never, or very rarely, would go into a store and this is the first time you've engaged it. Obviously, that changes category to category. You've probably gone into store and bought sausages or something, and you've never looked at that online. Yeah. I know I haven't ever looked at sausages online. Maybe that's my uh, maybe that's my downfall. I don't know. I, I think you're good on that one. But, uh, but uh, you know, if, if you're talking about, I don't know, electronics product, you, you raised electronics as a category earlier. I would I would guess it's almost like zero percent. Yeah. <laughs> ever just go just into store let's just go to the uh, store and really see what's there yeah I, I don't see i don't see that happening today no <laughs> oh i might fancy a new laptop today <laughs> yeah i wasn't but now yeah, that great, i'm here great sales, great sales skills yeah. <laughs> exactly in all seriousness how given that is a standard behavior nowadays how does store associates colleagues how do they react to that how, how do they stay so flexible knowing the customer in front of you that hasn't quite opened their mouth yet. You don't know if they're first time browsing, just happened to be walking by. You don't know if they've highly researched. What, what skill sets do they need for, for that? Yeah, that's definitely that that higher value selling, right? I mean, it's not just here's my shelves, take one off the shelf and then take it to the cashier. It's It's much more consultative and asking questions and building rapport it's a it's a higher skill set kind of sale. And I think the question for retailers mm. is, especially in this labor market, even whether it's cooling or not, are you on the hook to provide those skills or not? Because the other angle for store colleagues is, I mean, in my day, when I was learning how to use a cash register, it was like four days of training. It was in classroom. There was a <laughs> you know, register on the table in front of me of training. And nowadays, it's like an hour of a walkthrough. And then it's like, you know, call me if you get stuck, right? That, <laughs> that's the kind of training that's delivered. And some of it is that it's much easier to use these solutions than it was when I was learning how to use these solutions. But yeah, but it's also a reflection of a lack of investment of retailers in the skill sets of their store colleagues. And if retailers are going to expect more of those store colleagues, I think they really should reevaluate how much they're supporting those acquisition of those skill sets and the development of those skill sets. Because that's another thing that's, that's really important to Gen Z is a feeling of learning and progressing. So if everything mm. that they need to know in order to do their job, they can learn in one hour and then that's all there is to it, you're not going to retain them. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So many good thoughts here in this conversation, Nikki. The whole role of the store colleague is changing so much. And obviously, different retailers will have different perspectives, different starting points as well. Let's not let's not forget. 
But there's absolutely worthwhile building a, a real strategy that says, actually, how do I support my store colleagues? What are the trainings they need? What's the tools they need? You know, how do we equip this really important set of people that often aren't involved in a lot of these change projects and programs as well, let's be honest. How do we equip them with everything they need to be able to take on just a few of the challenges that we've spoken about from, you know, social media and omnichannel, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, technology is definitely playing a huge role. The interest level in providing mobile devices into store colleagues' hands, I mean, that's gone through the roof just in the last six months. It was already on yeah. the rise, wow. but now it's like it's imperative. They can't they can't do their job without technology in their hands. And they certainly can't do the full array of the expectations that they have to serve in a store without some tools in their hands in order to do it. So that that definitely is a huge priority. And I think one of my most favorite things about Gen Z is if you don't provide the tools that they think they need. They'll go out and find, you know, <laughs> apps that will serve the need for them. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like uh, store associates setting up their own back channel, Slack channel, so that they can communicate with each other, you know, outside of uh, outside of corporate enablement if they if they have frustration around those things. So I will say that. Yeah, absolutely. And we call them disruptive, right? Gen Z is a disruptive generation. And that's just a perfect example of the kind of disruption they provide. Yes. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Great thoughts. Nikki, how can people find out more about you, about what you do and everything that uh, we've spoken about today? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. So come and find me there. And then I also write occasionally for Forbes, maybe not as often as I should, as I want to, but you can find <laughs> me there and on Twitter and you can find me through Aptos um, for sure. They'll, uh, they'll route anybody looking for me through them too. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure to include all of those links on the show notes for today. Nikki, any final thoughts? Anything we haven't spoken about? You know, I... I appreciate the topic, right? I just don't think that we talk about store associates, their changing role, the, the challenges, the trials and tribulations from their perspective of what they have to deal with. And maybe that's one topic that we didn't touch on is, you know, that safety and protecting the, the mental health of your store associates suddenly is like a huge topic now that we never really yes. had to discuss before. <laughs> It's really challenging to be a store associate these days. And I think, you know, for retailers, we, we need to have some solid empathy for what it takes to be successful as a store colleague and, and really kind of walk a mile in their shoes as we're thinking about how to enable them. I just don't think as an industry, we do that enough. No, and, and quite literally walking a mile in their shoes is uh, always a worthwhile activity in my view getting onto the shop floor and engaging with customers just as a you know everyday colleague that is you know, never nothing, a bad nothing special about the ceo yeah yeah never a bad <laughs> investment of time never absolutely absolutely well nikki baird this has been a really fantastic conversation i'm really glad you just brought that last little closing thought in because that's a really important factor absolutely but i've loved every moment of it thank you so much for joining me here on the Retail Transformation Show. Thanks so much for having me. Whoa. 
Such an important conversation there, and Nikki has loads of great ideas. I hope you enjoyed it. All of the links to get in touch with Nikki and find out more about what she does and what Aptos do are over on the show notes at obandco.uk slash 199. Whilst you're over on those show notes, remember to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing and check out the three extra episodes that I've pulled out for you to listen to next. First up, try episode 183, number 183. Today, we've been talking about the role of store colleagues, and that episode is talking about the role of your stores, which is obviously an important partner topic for today's conversation. So that is episode 183. Another topic that we spoke about today is how your store colleagues can become social media influencers. So I immediately wanted to recommend episode 179 featuring Michael LeBlanc. We were talking about how influencers are changing retail. A great conversation and I strongly recommend you check out that one. And then finally, we did, of course, touch very lightly on burnout. Now, we didn't get the full chance to explore that today, but do go and check out episode number 154, number 154, featuring Liam O'Meara, where we spoke about avoiding frontline burnout. So three cracking episodes to load up next in your favorite podcast app. Do make sure that you hit the subscribe button And stay tuned for new episodes which come out every single week, starting with episode 200, which is the very next episode, of course. I can't believe it has come around so quickly. So do make sure you tune in for that one in particular, episode 200. But do browse through the archives as well. There are loads of great episodes packed with golden nuggets. Thanks for listening today and I look forward to joining you on another episode of The Retail Transformation Show coming at you very soon. Bye for now.